the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I would like to attend a warm welcome to my People's Baptist Church family, and to the guests who have joined us here in the sanctuary and also online. We are so delighted to be in the house of the Lord to worship him and to give him praise. He's been good to us and will always be good to us and he deserves all the praise and worship that we can give to him. And so we have come as the people of God uh, to give worship and praise to our great God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. The title of the message today is Principles of Answered Prayer. Principles of Answered Prayer. This story is told of a young girl who wrote a letter to a missionary. It was a prayer letter, and she was trying to lend her support to the missionary. Speaking about foreign missionaries now, not in the United States. She was told not to expect a response to her letter because the missionaries were very busy. The missionary got a kick out of her letter. It said, Dear Mr. Missionary, we are praying for you, but we are not expecting you to answer. Now that little girl summarized the prayer lives of a lot of Christians. We do a lot of praying, but we don't expect an answer. So why doesn't God answer? How does God answer? There are four principles to answered prayer that I want to bring to your attention today. And the first is, we must be willing to let God answer in his own time. That means according to his schedule, his timetable, not ours. In other words, whenever God thinks it's best. The fact is that God often delays answers to prayers. He doesn't answer all our prayers immediately. So why does he wait? Why does he withhold the answer sometimes for a period of time? I think that was the reason Zechariah in the scripture reading today was so skeptical. An angel comes to him in the temple and says, I'm Gabriel, the archangel. And I'm here to tell you that your prayer 
is going to be answered. Then Zechariah said, how can I be sure of this? Now, why didn't he believe the angel? Because he had stopped praying that prayer years before. He had given up on it a long time ago. Zechariah said to the angel, I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And I don't see how this is going to be possible. Now, the fact is, God often delays his answer to our prayers. And the first principle we have is to let God answer in his own time. Luke 1, 12 and 13 says, Zechariah was confused and afraid when he saw the angel. But the angels told him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son, and you must name him John. The tense of the word heard literally means it has already happened. It happened a long time ago. God's answer, God answers our prayers immediately, but sometimes there is a delay in giving us the answer. The delay is one of the hardest things that we have to deal with, with respect to prayer. It is also the hardest concept for children to learn. They don't understand the difference between no and not yet. They'll, they'll say, Daddy, can I have a cookie? And you say, not yet. They might get into a fit like you're never going to give them a cookie. Why? Because they're children. And I could say immature people don't understand the difference between no and not yet. The mark of maturity in the Christian life is how long can you wait and still trust in God? Babies always have to have what they want immediately. But a mature person can wait. So why does God delay the answers to our prayers? Usually it is because he needs to prepare us first. He wants to bless us, and in order to give that blessing to us, he has to prepare us for it. The frustration we have is that we usually think we are ready before God does. And the big question for the prophet Habakkuk uh, for, uh, during his time was, How long, Lord? How long? Have you ever said that? How long are you going to let me go through this? You wonder if God sees and cares and has the power to do something about it, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he work it out? The answer is he wants to change us first. He wants to change your attitude. After we have learned the right attitude, then God will work on the problem that we are facing. You see, God is more interested in our maturity as believers than he is in making life easier for us. The fact of the matter is this. God is never late, and his timing is always perfect. Not yet does not mean no. So how do we pray when the answer to prayer is delayed? We keep praying until one of three things happen. 
One, you get the answer. Two, you get the assurance that you are going to get it. Remember the words of Jesus in Mark 11:24. He said, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You believe in advance that you're going to receive that which God is going to give you, that you've been praying for. So you keep praying until you get it, or until you get the assurance that you are going to receive it." And the third thing is, you keep praying until God reveals that it is not His will for you. When you figure that out, you become uncomfortable praying about it, so you stop praying. So, in order to receive an answer from God, we must be willing to let God answer in His own time. That's the first principle. The second principle is we must be willing to let God answer in His own way, not only what God thinks best, but however He thinks best. God's ways are always better than ours. One of the reasons God often delays an answer to prayer is so He can answer in a way far greater than we thought originally or that we were asking. God delayed the request of Elizabeth and Zechariah for a son for a number of years, and then He gave them John the Baptist. He was the last of the Old Testament prophets, the only one to see the pro- prophecies about Jesus fulfilled. He was the forerunner of the Messiah and introduced him to the people. Because God delayed their request. He didn't just give them any baby; he gave them John the Baptist. God delayed Hannah's request for a son for many years, but when He finally gave her a son, He gave her Samuel, the greatest Old Testament prophet. Our problem is twofold: we ask for too little, and we want it too quickly. We don't pray big enough at times. We don't think big enough when we are approaching our great God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty, "Now all glory to God who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think." Think of the greatest thing you can imagine, and God can do much greater than that. You cannot outthink God. If God really gives us all we ask for, it would probably overwhelm us. So let God answer in His own way, in His own time, and in His own way. If God answered some of our prayers exactly as we asked, we would have been shortchanged. His answer was much greater than what we asked for. You're praying about a job. You want to get this job, and all of a sudden it falls through. Don't worry about it. God has a better idea for you. You are praying about a situation. All of a sudden it doesn't work out. Don't worry about it. God has a better plan. Let Him answer in His own time, and answer in His own way. But the third principle is: 
we must be willing to let God answer in his own power. So don't try to help God out. Don't ask for something and then go on and try to work it out on your own. Let God answer in his own power. And that's called a miracle. There's an important spiritual truth in this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. The truth is, God often waits until the situation is humanly impossible before he answers. When did God give Zechariah and Elizabeth a baby? After they were beyond childbearing years. They said, we are too old. And they were physically certainly unable to have, to have children. And that God answered, why did he? Because when God answers an impossible situation, he gets the glory. The same thing happened to Sarah and Abraham. God promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham said, but I don't have any children. And so he waited and waited and waited. All of a sudden, Abraham is 99 years old and Sarah is 90. Then one day an angel comes to him and says, Abraham, you're going to be a father. He goes home and he says to Sarah, honey, you wouldn't believe what I just heard. You're going to have a baby. And Sarah started laughing because she did not believe that a 90-year-old woman could have a baby. But Abraham believed. And here is Paul's understanding of it in Romans chapter 4, 18 through 21. He says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Oh, I love that. He is fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And believers, you need to hold on to that. The point is that God wanted, or God waited until it was humanly impossible, and then he answered with a miracle. God sometimes let things get to the point of hopelessness. Then he answers with a miracle. There's a story in the New Testament that illustrates this. The story of Martha and Mary. There were sisters and they had a brother by the name of Lazarus. And Jesus was accustomed to, to going to, to their home and to receive their hospitality. And so they were good friends, as it were. And so one day, Lazarus became deathly ill. And the sisters sent an urgent message to Jesus to come quickly because their brother was dying so that he might heal, heal him. But Jesus intentionally delayed he was just three miles away from their home, but it took him three days to get there. By the time he shows up, Lazarus was dead. 
And the sister said to Jesus when he arrived, Lord, if you had been here when we called you, this wouldn't have happened. And they were rebuking Jesus. And we often do the same thing. We say, why God? Why haven't you answered? In this case, Jesus calmly walks up to the, to the tomb. And it was the custom to put a, a large um, rock um, in front of the tomb. It was like a cave. And to put the rock there in order to preserve the body inside. And, and Jesus had them remove the, the rock. And um, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out. He was resurrected. God did a miracle. The point is, Jesus waited until the situation was humanly impossible and then raised Lazarus from the dead. He did it in his own power so that God would receive the glory. Do you want to have an answer from God? Then be willing to let God answer in his own time, in his own way, and in his own power. And the fourth principle is we must be willing to let God answer according to, or we could say for, his own purpose. Not only whenever he wants, however he wants, but also for whatever reason he chooses. Now, why did God answer Elizabeth and Zechariah's prayer for a son? Because he needed a John the Baptist. He had a purpose for that little boy. He knew that Elizabeth and Zechariah would raise him well according to the instructions that they would receive. I think the greatest biblical example of what I'm trying to say can be seen in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul's great desire was to go to Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire, to preach the gospel and to encourage the believers there. In Romans chapter 1, 10 and 11, he writes to the Christians at Rome. He says, in all my prayers, I ask God to make it possible for me to visit you. I want to see you and share with you the same blessings that God's Spirit has given me. Then you will grow stronger in your, in your faith. Paul's desire, his ultimate goal, his dream was to preach in Rome. And you can well understand, that was the metropolis, the most important city in the world at that time. He wanted to go there to preach the gospel and to encourage the believers uh, in, in Rome. Did God answer Paul's prayer? Yes, he did. But notice how he did it. Luke, the historian, who is the author of the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, was with Paul as he traveled uh, to, to Rome. And so here Luke is telling us, he says, when we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging, though he was guarded by a soldier. That's not exactly what Paul had in mind, a house arrest, he went as a prisoner to Rome. He had been put through the Roman court system and he ends up in Rome chained to a Roman guard. And the point is this, Paul made it to Rome. 
And two things, two things happened in God's answer to Paul's prayer. One, Paul used the occasion where the guard was changing him to t- tell him about Jesus. And um, each time someone, um, they change guards. And the guards would go back to the barracks and tell them about Jesus. And it even went into, Caesar, into Caesar's household. And there were conversions taking place there because God has so arranged that Paul would still be able to do what uh, he wanted to do. And then the, the second thing is that God had a different purpose for Paul in Rome. While Paul was in Rome, under house arrest, he had a lot of time on his hands. And what did he do? He wrote four letters from prison that we have today in the New Testament. He wrote the letter to the Ephesians, the letter to the Colossians, and the letter to the Philippians, and then one to Philemon. So Paul's desire was that he might make an impact for Christ in the world, and he thought the best way was to preach in Rome. But what made a greater impact, preaching in Rome or writing these four letters that we have in the New Testament? We have all been blessed by these letters of Paul in People's Baptist Church. I've had the privilege of preaching through the letter of the Ephesians, through the letter of Philippians, and parts of Colossians during my 43 years of ministry here. And what a blessing they have been to us as we understand more fully the mind of God for his people and what he wants to do with us. So what are you praying for? What is your motive? If you're praying for good health, what are you going to do with that health once you get it? If you're praying for financial blessings, what are you going to do with that money once you have received it? If you're praying for a new job, what are you going to do with it? Will God get any glory out of it? Are you willing to let God answer your prayers in his own time, in his own way, in his own power, and for his own purpose? What a privilege it is to go to God, the God of heaven and earth, in prayer and talk to him, believing that he will answer your prayer in his own time, in his own way, in his own power, and in his own purpose. Oh, brothers and sisters, if you have circumstances that need to be changed, if you have doors that need to be opened, if you have problems that need to be solved, if you have burdens that need to be lifted, if you have bodies that need to be healed, take it to the Lord in prayer and watch him work. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.